labelling the good things around Australia. Our experts analyse the weekend's major meetings. Get set on Radio Tab. Main meeting in Victoria is Cranbourne. Of course, it's Cranbourne Cup Day. David Gately's done all the form. He's about to give us his quadrilla numbers and a few best bets. He'll have one for the gong program at Kembla, I'm sure. Good morning, David. Thanks, Steve. Yes, racing at Cranbourne on their Cup Day. Of course, uh, some strong supporter races with the likes of the Apache Cat Classic. Ten race card means the first legs of the Cotties Race 7. And Grigolimo, I thought, was beaten fair and square last time. He just came back in trip. Holly Mans was, was a bit too good for him. Um, you know, I think we can overanalyse it. But getting back up in trip today for Greg Alimo with a two-and-a-half kilo swing, I've lent his way this time. Glattner, speaking of relative weight, uh, he has five-and-a-half kilos on Holly Mans. He was the best closer in that race at Flemington. He was only um, second up in six weeks between runs. So I think it's a value danger. Holly Mans has to go in. And Matron Bullock is just so genuine. So one, ten, three, and six. First leg. The Apache Cat Classic, I'm going with Rich Fortune on top. Look, back to 1,000, perhaps a little query, but she drops to 54 kilos. She was a good return against the males with a big weight, and uh, she's a stakes winner over Queen of the Ball, of course. She handles the wet generation. Look, I liked him last time. He ran okay, but I think it's D-Day's well and truly here. Jigsaw was brilliant winning this race last year, beating Midwest. Um, they're both in the game. 6, 2, 1, and 3. Crown and Cups race nine. Foxy Cleopatra is a really promising mare, I think. And her sectional's home first up at Flemington off the long break were outstanding given uh, the moderate tempo. She had a big last 600 figure. Her 11.36 home was, I think, third quickest of the day. She was able to sit up closer when she bolted in second up last prep. So, um, look, I'm leaning her way. Hit a shock. Look, I just don't think he's a Flemington horse. He battled well last time, but all these forms away from that track. And... Uh, he was a forgive run prior to that. Go back a couple of runs, he's testing Antino. Just focus, uh, rain about to big tick for this horse. And you Euphoric's the one with all the upside. So 9 3 two, 10, that third leg. Last race is the shooting stars. I'm pretty keen on Jimmy Starr as a horse. And I think by race 10, drawing out may not be a massive disadvantage. His Australian debut win was terrific given the pattern of the day. And he's on top for me. He's handsome. Uh, the wet seems okay. The mole. Probably okay. He certainly comes through a handy race. And he ran the, the quality figures to back that up. Jenny Pending has swarm around. Uh, Wishful Lash is run well in an Empire Rose. And he's beset Tasman Park. They're in the game. 5-4-7-6-1. Home for the Quaddy. Our best. Save it till last. The Cranman race 10, number five. Jimmy Starr. And... Made it the best for the day. A value was race eight, number six, Rich Fortune. I do see some of the... Uh, it's come in a few points, but I still think she's a shade of overs, perhaps. Made her the value play. Uh, Kem Grange, my best up there. Race seven, number three, Ozapenko. I'm forgiving the Turnbull miss. Back a notch here and um, looks too good for them. Value up there. Race uh, six, number nine, substantial. I think this uh, horse looking for the mile. Third up uh, near around double figures. Might be the value play there. All right. Good luck, punters. Thanks, mate. Thanks, David. Yeah, substantial is $9.50 with Tab at Kembla Grain. So Kembla, 7-3 Osipanko in the gong, 3.30. And the value, race six, number nine, substantial, $9.50. So 7-3, 6-9 at Kembla. At Cranbourne, his best there, race 10, number five, Jimmy Starr. It's currently $2.60 tab fixed. And the other value is race eight, number six, Rich Fortune at $6.00.
So the best, race 10-5, the value race 8-6. Now the quadrilla numbers here at Cranbourne. In the first leg, Greg Alimo, the one. From the 10, Glentatious, and then three and six. So one, 10, three, six, race seven. In race eight, the numbers are six, two, one, and three. So he's putting Rich Fortune on top, the six. Over the two, Generation, and then one and three. Six, two, one, and three. In race nine, it's nine, three, two, and ten. Foxy Cleopatra's a three, seventy chance. He's put it on top. Nine, three, two, ten. In the last, he's put uh, five horses in the mix here, including five Jimmy Star, which he's keen on. Over the four, he's handsome. Seven, Jenny pending in for third. And then six, he's beset. And then he's put the one in as well, Tasman Park. So five, four, Seven six one, the last at Cranbourne. Michael Maxworthy from the Sky Racing Network. Of course, he'll be on track with Bernadette Cooper on the Thoroughbred Central Network tomorrow. And uh, let's have a look at this program in Brisbane. In fact, uh, I'm just hearing it's Paul tomorrow. Is it? Um, first time I've ever said that, and I've backed a loser. Michael Maxworthy, good morning. Good morning, Steve. It is an outstanding card, isn't it? A um, couple of stakes races tomorrow for the Tattersalls Racing Club and really looking forward to it, hoping the rain stays away. Looking a little bit showery over Doombin at the moment, but, gee, the way it played on Wednesday, we had a lot of rain leading up to Wednesday and they went off a heavy nine up to a heavy eight. But um, Bernie spoke to a number of jockeys uh, after uh, their winners there on Wednesday and most of them suggested the track was somewhere lying between a soft six and a seven. And the times reflected mm. that. So following that um, that break that we had, the, the little mini Renault that Doobin had, uh, she's back in fantastic order. So I think it'll be a perfect track there tomorrow. Yeah, and Putters had an absolute field day, even uh, made to fit, of course. Uh, I know it was the longest prize winner of the day, but um, I certainly think you included it in the mix as well in that last race of the day. Well, yeah, I'd... Um, I thought she might she might have just been in that race for, for Kelly Sweeter to sort of just give her a run, a tick over run, uh, because she's headed towards the Magic Million. She's a big, tall, rangy filly. The rail was out. Um, anyway, she certainly meant business. She jumped well, and a horse took off tarps right around the outside, put pressure on her, and she just dropped them off in the straight. She's always shown ability, but seemingly every start she has, she gets better made to fit and uh, made it four wins on the trot there. Yeah, the first five races were all favourites. I think the uh, second favourite won race number six and she got out to 10 bucks in the end. But, gee, with form like that, you could easily have found her in the last on Wednesday. Let's have a look at your Doobin specials and we start with race four. Yeah, look, the first couple, I've got race four, number one, Golden Decade, and then five, three, um, Midnight in Tokyo. We're not going to get rich. Maybe we can have something a two-leg win multi, um, but they certainly do look the safe way. I think this is a perfect race for Golden Decade, trained by Matt down at the Little Bar, and he deserved to get that victory last start over Adriel because the run prior, he ran fourth behind a bounding, and he was three deep the entire yet. He kept on fighting the line and then got a beautiful ride by Ryan Maloney from a good draw last start, and he just got up. But what was noticeable is that uh, Adriel was clearly holding him by around about a neck until about the 50 metres mark when Ryan, I think he may have had to change the persuader and gave him a reminder and he actually picked up. It was like he was loafing. 
Well, he's got a good draw again tomorrow, and Orion will be ready for that if he happens to have a little bit of a loaf in the straight. I know he rises three kilos, but this is no harder than that, and I'm loving him getting to 1350 metres. So I think he'll win again. That's race four, number one at Doombin, Golden Decade. Got Matty down on the list, Matthew Dunn tomorrow. Michael, given the firepower that he's got, um, yeah. including Emperor, but $2.41, Golden Decade. And tell me about Midnight in Tokyo in the next race. Yeah, well, she's come back in great order. Uh, now trained by Annabelle Nishan. She was back first up, good support for her. She ran well. She just got into a position where, well, it was a great ride by Martin Harley, wasn't it, on Outlawed, uh, offset an awkward gate. Outlawed, very fit, always hard to beat. She landed right on the back of Midnight Tokyo and ended up beating her in the last 100 metres. So she took that run well, obviously, and she scored a great win last start here at Doombin back on the 11th of November. She hesitated slightly at the start. Uh, Damien Thornton didn't panic. He waited. The gap appeared at the 250, and she just uh, set out after the leader and raced away. So she's third up. She's up to 1350, which is going to be even better. She's drawn a gate. This time they go from the senior rider to Bailey Wheeler to claim two. So she doesn't take the penalty for that win. So I think she, she wins pretty comfortably here. Race five, number three, midnight in Tokyo. One eighty at the moment, five three, and this horse is good each way odds. It's a twelve dollar chance. Race nine. Yes, number nine, Wolf Moon. I think he's had a few different trainers. Desley Forster's had him for this prep and has got him going well. To be ridden by uh, Kirk Matheson, who was on him last start, and obviously the intention was because you can see coming out of the gates, he rode him with a bit of vigour, but he just didn't have the legs back to thirteen fifty metres and found himself in a bit of an awkward spot. He then was one pace turning into the straight, but the last 100 metres he was starting to find the line. That was the race won by the drover here at Durban back on the 11th of November. It had put me to 1,600 metres, and I'll be going close next up. That's what Desley has done. So he's had a couple of nice runs over 1,350. This is his go, 1,600 Barrier one, he drops four kilos on that last start performance to the minimum here. And I'm sure from gate number one, he'll be able to position in the first two or three. Princess Rainey's is going to be hard to hold out in the straight, uh, but I think she's got a running down. So I'm loving the price, the $12. I think about three twenty to place about Wolf Moon in race nine. Yep, race nine nines, $12 chance. Just repeating, 4-1 Golden Decade, 5-3 Midnight in Tokyo, and you touched on the one in the last. Just with Zarasso, what's your opinion of that that fresh up run, last start? Well, yeah, we, we all expected him to win that race down on the minimum. He trials so well, and Tony purposely gave him a little bit of a freshen up um, to have him back for the summer. Otherwise, his prep would have been going on too long. And he is a big horse, and he may have just felt the pinch a little bit towards the end. And let's face it, Extremis is a very, very tough mare. If she's within striking distance of you, you know, uh, you're in for a fight. He just couldn't hold her out uh, the last 75 metres. But I think he's a little bit of a risk tomorrow, Stephen, going to 1,350 metres. He has won 1,300 earlier in his career at Rose Hill. That's a soft 1,300. I guess this is a soft 1,350 around Doombin. However, having said that, He's likely to have as a reach there with him. As a reach loves to lead. So it might be that Sarastra has to take the sit on him. Nevertheless, it is going to be a pretty good gallop, and he's got to see out the 1350. So I think at that price, um, he's a little bit of a risk. It is a 
a funny sort of race. There are a lot, lots of ifs and buts. How is Scalapini as a nine-year-old comeback? Star Tontes is nowhere near her best. But she put the writing on the wall last time and everything looks perfect for her tomorrow in this race. So it's an interesting race, the recognition, but I think it's overshadowed somewhat by the, uh, the Tattersall's Classic, the other listed race for the Phillies and Mares. I think that's a super race. Yeah, it is. With Eagle Nest going well, Comrade Rosa, Ekaterina, Extremis, as you touched on, Aureus Angel, all flying. Better get Seth's trial was brilliant recently. Yeah, it's, it's a great race and very much worthy of listed status, that race. Yeah, remember the old days? I was talking to Nicole. She doesn't recall, but um, Tats Day, we used to get outsiders win a lot of the races many years ago. I don't know if it to do with the handicapping system or whatever back in those days. Yeah, um, there'll be a day that you do remember. I can't quite remember the year because I need to think about it. But uh, this TATS meeting is always... Well, it used to be early December. Well, we're getting close, aren't we? But it, I remember it was the 5th of December, many, many years ago. <laughs> I had a, a horse that won a Class 6 fillies and mares called No Sacrifice. Michael Rona had a share in her, trained by Peter Bowsen. Um, and remember, she got up at 33 to 1. Is that the night you shouted us all? I think it was. <laughs> it, it was. Yeah. Michael had 100 each way on it back in those days. I had to send the money, um, telegraph the money to him in the USA. Yeah, just to tell the story, we went to a, a nightclub. Uh, Greg Radley was there, me, you, Brash, um, Lofty, the guy Sibbles, called Lofty. Was it? Sorry? Sybil's nightclub. Yeah, in, the, in Ann Street there. Was it Upper Ann Street? Um, yeah. Had all different names, turned into Vertigo <laughs> and all this other stuff. But, yeah, you were so generous and... You left a thousand. I think it was a thousand dollars in those days on the bar because you went home early after midnight. And we stayed on and we were drinking. I remember we were drinking Rick Donna champagne, all of us. And yeah. Um, yeah, and then you said, "Oh, where's the change?" To one of us the next day, and there wasn't any. Um, yeah, just, so I love this day. I love this day. Yeah, yeah. no sacrifice. Mm. I'm trying to find that. Yeah, the horse you ended up moving on, of course, uh, later on. Um, yeah, she won a couple of races um, after that, but she, she was good to us. I think Graham Watson rode her that day, but that was a thrill winning on Tats Day. That, I bet it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course, um, yeah Peter Bowsen, of course, no longer with us. She had a great uh, association with Peter for so long and won eight races that uh, no sacrifice, Michael. She did, yeah, yeah I, I think I had paid about 3000 3500 for her. She, she came from the backy sale. Uh, QBBS at the uh, they had them at the showgrounds in Brisbane. Remember the sales back? Yep. Um, back in those days, yeah. And she she cost the song and she won a first start at Ipswich over 800 metres. Jimmy Byrne rode her. Um, yeah, had a lot of fun. I found her. the race. Yeah, the 5th of December '92. Um, '92. Graham Watson 51. The fluctuations 25s to 33s, and uh, won by a narrow margin, half length over a horse called Loretta and Celibacy. No, ran third. That's right. Celibacy mm. was Kelso Woods. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. How yeah. long ago was that? Yeah, 92. Crikey. Mm. Yeah. I spent the money, by the way. <laughs> yeah. We did anyway. We had a book. We had, had a there's actually help. a famous photo of Pol those Polaroids doing the rounds that I've still got at home that we all uh, all in a line and we all look like a bit under the weather. <laughs> but anyway, it was a good yeah. night. It was. Yeah. yeah. I, back, I think I got in the back of it because one of the ladies that was with us that night was uh, ran the tote and uh, she had a van uh, and we yeah. all jumped in the back of there. After yeah. that, I don't remember. <laughs> no, I don't want to know. To Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Lady's name, lovely lady too. Lee Hart was the lady that got us home safely that particular night. Ray Hickson, good morning, Ray. Hello, Steve. How Kyle Crusher, credit where credit is due. Yeah, it was a great win, wasn't it? Um, Kyla Schiller owned the race from the moment they jumped and he didn't really ever look like any beat, did he? Track it record? Was, um, track record, yeah, it was, a, it was a fantastic win. I must admit, earlier in the day, I was a little bit nervous because of the, where the wind was going. Um, you know, with the headwind in the back straight and the tailwind coming home, I thought it might have been a bit tougher to lead. But like I said, Tyler owned the race on the horse and he ran out a deserved winner. Let's have a look at Kim. Not as confident about the gong. Beg your pardon? <laughs> not, as not as confident about the gong. Okay. But uh, earlier in the day, Kembla Grange, race three. You like this horse at John Thompson Trains? Yeah, with your blessing, number three. Now, note, we're probably going to get at least three more scratchings from this race because Dynamic Impact, Chief of Legend and Anything Goes are all in tonight at Canterbury. So this race will fall away a little bit. With your blessings, had the two runs back, Steve. Both been all right. He's been competitive in both of them. But talking to John Thompson during the week, um, he suggested that the horse had a, a bit more of a blow after his second up run than he thought he would. He was just that, lacking that little bit of fitness. And it probably showed because he loomed up uh, around about the 200-metre mark or so, it looked like he was going to burst straight through the middle and, and go past them, and he just knocked up. So he's got the blinkers on. He's much fitter for that. He handles the sting out of the track. And like I said, this field will fall away a little bit, so he'll get every chance to, to break through for a win. Race three, number three. So far, we've had uh, four runnings of the gong. I'll do it in the right order this week. Mr. Seawolf, Arcademus, Count Rupee and Riadini last year, but... You like with your blessing, race three, number three. Now we go to race five, and the selection here is Burning Need. The price, five fifty. Yeah, the midway uh, for the second tip, Burning Need, locally trained horse, and it's just very handy. Uh, Kembla Grange usually produces a winner or two on this day. Burning Need's a seven-year-old mare. She comes through the four pillars where she ran a really good third there um, over the 1,500 metres. I think that's really the the top of her powers. She has won at 1,500 metres in lesser grade, um, but she was a good winner at 1,400 at Kembla before that, starting favourite. She handles all conditions, sting out no problems. She finds Zach Lloyd at a record at the Kembla track, 15 starts for five wins and six placings. Um, she's just racing in really good form at the moment. She's no certainty, but she should be running a very big race in this. Burning need. And then we go to race nine, Headwall, number five, Matthew Smith. $4 first up, obviously trialling well. Yeah, fascinating clash this one with um, Emperor, the early favourite off that really big highway win first up. Headwall's a really smart horse in his own right. He's only had the six starts and three wins. He's trialled up pretty well. Matthew Smith seems to think he's come back a bit, bit stronger this preparation. If you look back two starts ago, he gave Airman four kilos in a benchmark 78 and gave him about five lengths head start, ran him to a length. It was a small field, starting $2.40 favourite. Now, we know Airman's gone on uh, this preparation to Stakes Company. I think Headwall's probably headed to Stakes Company at some stage. Whether it's this prep or next, I'm not sure, but he's a very competitive type. He's won at Kembla. He handles the sting out of the track, and he's trolling up well. Blake Spriggs making the, the trip down from Queensland for one ride at Kembla on Headwall. He's got a great association with this horse and this horse's family, the owners as well. Um, so there's no surprise Blake wants to keep up his association with it. I don't think he can go very close. So your three specials for Gong Day, 3-3 three, three with your blessing, 5-4 burning need, race 9-5 headwall, uh, the price again $4. And you'll join me in the morning, run through your quadrilla thoughts for the program. 
I will do, Steve, and then I'm going to have a couple of weeks off. Okay. Well, you deserve it. It's been a pretty pretty long period, of course. There's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes at Racing New South Wales. Yeah, there is a bit. Uh, I might I might pop up at the Winterbottom meeting next week, though, over in Perth. So we'll right. see. Yeah, we spoke to Lindsay Smith earlier about uh, Triple Missile, which will be one of the faves in that race. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, Ray Hickson joining us there. Just in regards to Perth, uh, of course, Keshi Boom, the spirit of Boom filly that's got a stranglehold. Well, Keshi Boom, along with um, Super Smink, have a stranglehold in this feature tomorrow, the Guineas. But uh, some news coming through, and this is via Giulio Santarelli from WA, the tab radio station there. Um, he's got here big news, Ray Keshi Boom, as revealed by Grant Williams. She is 50-50 to start. Uh, Grant not completely happy with her. The heat this week may have taken some toll. Decision tomorrow morning. And unlikely to go to the northerly if she can't get up for Saturday. But anyway, Keshi Boom, according to this, 50-50 to run in the WA Guineas. And, of course, if she comes out, well, Super Smink will be about $1.40 chance in the race. Day, Morfittville, Ben Scadden, good morning. G'day Steve, yeah, big day here tomorrow. We've been building up to these. It feels like for for months. Um, I guess it has been a couple of months, but yeah, it all comes to a comes to a head tomorrow with all these finals. Yeah, we spoke to Daniel finals. Clark and about two very talented horses earlier, the map and also Thirsty Guest, of course, on the backup. Your first specials race one. Yep. Yeah, this horse Midnight Mass for uh, Arabane Ned Taylor come back and just super form this prep. Um, yeah, he's, he won back-to-back now, record then more for Then I thought he was, he was really good again um, a week ago when he was second to Poison Chalice. And I think Poison Chalice is a horse with a huge upside. And I thought Midnight Mass did a really good job that day. He was up outside the speed, worked to the front at about the 600 and really stuck to his guns. Poison Chalice had to dig very deep to get past him, racing in absolutely peak form. He'll set up near the speed again and I think he'll take a huge amount of beating tomorrow, Midnight Mass. 225-1-1. Race 7, we spoke about the Oxlades are going really well this season and Q-Man, you're hoping can make it four in a row. Yeah, he's he's flying this horse and the stable's going really well. Got a good record, hasn't he? He's 18 starts, 7 wins, 7 placings, on about 350,000. And I think it's fair to say he's racing in the best form of his career. He was unbelievable. I think a few of us saw that trial at Oakbank where he absolutely spanked um, some pretty nice horses over a thousand metres. He went by 15, 16 lengths, something like that. Then he was uh, he's pretty dominant again um, a couple of weeks ago on the parks track. But keep reading and validate that day. He sat on the speed and just ran away from them one by two and a half lengths. Got him in 33.50. Um, look, there's no reason to say that he won't push forward again. Settle close to the speed. And look, if he just holds the form that we've seen from him this this preparation, he'll take no end of beating. Look, he won't be a it won't be a fancy price, but I think if you can get around about $3, you should be pretty happy with that. That is race seven to Q-Man. And Sheridan Tomlinson, former Queensland apprentice, rides your special in the last, or second last. Yeah, he's going, and he's actually going really well down here, Sheridan. I think he's, he's underrated and probably deserves more opportunities than he's getting at the moment. Uh, this mayor, Starlight Valley, for, for Kim Healy, she's another one who's just come back in really, really good form. We're in a very good third behind um, Sharipa. Like, that's that's super form for a race like this. Then she was uh, she was a pretty soft winner last time, a week ago, in a Phillies and Mares benchmark 68. 
very similar field to what she's facing here where she where she led, kicked away, won really strongly. Second and none was good, the second horse, and I think she's a an obvious danger again. Drawn a little bit better second and as well in barrier four as opposed to Starlight Valley out in twelve. But um look she's yeah, she's just racing in very, very good shape. The the two runs back have both been excellent. I think she'll continue to improve. Um but she doesn't really need to. I think if she can hold hold the form that we've seen from her, her her two runs this prep, then she'll take no end of beating again. I'll run through those. Race one, one midnight mass, seven two Q Man, and race eight, number one Starlight Valley at three eighty. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Cheers, Steve. Thanks very much. We're hoping to see the inevitable next Wednesday night in Tassie, but um, texting the trainee yesterday, uh, more than likely going to hold back for the conquering different weight scale, weight for age 1,400. But we get to see him in a few weeks, which is terrific. Colin McNiff, good morning. Yeah, that's right. The fields are out for uh, next Wednesday night. No inevitable in the new market handicap. So, uh, yeah, we'll wait to see him in the conquering. John Keyes, of course, was making reference to. Uh, Sunday Hobart, race one, you like Ms Tasmania. First starter, in fact, they're all first starters. The first two-year-old race that we've had this season, this filly, is trained by Siggy Carr. In fact, she's raced by a syndicate of 18, all women. Uh, it's the first uh, type of uh, syndicate that Siggy's had to race this horse. She picked her out at the yearling sales. Uh, won brilliantly in a trial in Launceston on November 3rd, scored by more than two lengths. Uh, Troy Baker was aboard. Troy will be riding again on Sunday. And I think uh, from what I've seen at the uh, the trial so far, Miss Tasmania looks the best of what we've got going around as two-year-olds uh, at the present time. Yeah, and she's by Magnus, who we only lost a couple of months ago, Colin. Mm. So that's Miss Tasmania on Sunday. Race one, five. What's on in race four? Number one, better than Banksy. Your first up run was an absolute cracker. That was behind Bine and Doro Star in what was a very classy class one in Launceston last week. Came from last around the home turn. Uh, came home the last uh, 600, quickest for the night, 600, 400, 200. Really, really accelerated through the line. Was a little unlucky not to run a place. Uh, doesn't have any first up or second up form, but it's now with Gary White, so uh, we'll see how it goes. It's only got to run up to that form, you would think, on um, that performance to be awfully hard to beat on Sunday. That's race 4-1. What's the one in race 7? Tony Nakoni is first up from a spell. It's one from Team Wells. It trialled in Devonport on the 9th of November. It beat Rebel Factor, who's going to be a real chance in the new market on, uh, on Wednesday night. Tony Nakoni beat it by six lengths and did it absolutely on the bit. He did similar last year when he trialled, or earlier this year, should I say, in May, won a trial by eight lengths, then came out and got beaten in the photo first up from a spell, but I think he can go one better here. First up from a spell, Chloe Wills claims a couple of kilos. Tony Nakoni in race number seven. Race seven, number two. So Sunday, it's 1-5 Miss Tasmania, 4-1 better than Banksy, 7-2 Tony Nakoni. Good calling, Colin. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. Hey, Colin McNiff. And just on that field for the new market with no, the inevitable, race seven next Wednesday night. It's a $150,000 race. Oxley Road, the ex-Victorians, had one run for John Keyes. Went okay. It's drawn 13 and indispensables accepted. First up, Turk Warrior. First up, Rebel Ray Factor, as Colin mentions. First up, Alpine Wolf. First up, and other acceptances there. Galena's first accused. Hell of a night. Hype, Street Tough, Fake Magic and Jaguar Stone. Uh, one day, uh, this horse will win a race. Uh, she has run some terrific races, just often gets back and uh, seems to find a few better over time. Used to run at the stable mate all the time, Bellow Bay, last preparation, but it's got any amount of talent. One night, that mare in the right race will feature Jaguar Stone being by Spieth.